from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. It is the second hour of the G and Ursula show. Angela Poe Russell in for G today. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, coming up at 1030, we are going to have a really fun conversation because apparently there are a lot of really surfacey types of people who, when they ask you how you're doing, they really don't care to hear the answer. Small talk. Yeah, it's uh, we're big on small talk. So we're going to try to change some of that because uh, the, the question is, what are some thoughtful questions that can lead to deeper conversations? So we're going to even answer some of those. So we'll have a little fun with that. But right now, what's new at 10? And we're going to talk about, first of all, some big changes that be, could be coming to your property tax bill, uh, because there is something in Olympia that could mean increases without your approval. Kate Stone is here to explain this. What's going on? Well, Ursula, Angela, there is actually a floor debate in the state Senate that just started a few minutes ago. There is expected to be a vote on the floor today regarding tripling the property tax for homeowners oh. from 1% to 3%. Now, you re- may remember the 1% cap has been in place since 2001. Voters approved it. It was then uh, overturned by the state Supreme Court in 2007, but then the legislature in a special session reinstated that voter-approved cap. This one would not obviously go through the voters. It would go through state lawmakers. And essentially, they're saying that inflation and other high costs have made it so that local jurisdictions like King County, for example, are not able to raise the money they need from property taxes in order to fund services. And so they say there needs to be an increase. Now, Republicans staunchly against this, but they say they may not have the votes to overturn it. But they're saying this is the wrong time to think about raising property taxes when people are struggling not only to buy homes, but also to pay rent. And they're saying that it would it would increase taxes by as much as six billion over the next 12 years and keep compounding from there. So it was approved in the Senate Ways and Means Committee on a Democrat only vote. And it is expected on the Senate floor today. Uh, OK, I just I started the show talking about car insurance rates going up and we talk about gas tax rates and now we're talking about property tax rates. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) It's exhausting. How do we feel about being able to bypass the voters and raise a tax? I mean, that's the reason there are six initiatives in the legislature, which is a record high number of them, because Brian Haywood with Let's Go Washington, which has he's been spearheading this movement says voters didn't approve this stuff that lawmakers have passed and they want a say in it. And so again, voters approved the 1% cap back in 2001, this one, they wouldn't necessarily have a say in. However, there have been people that are openly supportive of this, like King County Executive Dow Constantine, who says, hey, if we don't get this money, essential services are going to go away, like help for survivors of domestic violence, King County Sheriff, etc. There's always that uh, argument that some of the most critical services are going to have to be cut, uh, yet. Okay, I'm I'm going to speak here, and it's going to sound like a, like a, I've turned into a, a staunch conservative, but I will say that at times when we've had a surplus in our budget, that money never came back to us. So um, 
Thank you, Kate. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little torn. I'm a little torn on this one because I was thinking of what could be the compromise, and maybe it's okay. You're allowed to pass it, but maybe during the next uh, voting cycle, people can either choose to keep it or put it away. Maybe that's too complex. Well, I've thought about maybe you have to prove that this is an emergency before you can do it. So like when, when that it really is critical. It's always going to be an emergency. That's <laughs> I need money. <laughs> that that is. Yeah. That is the problem. On the other hand, the other argument is you can't tie our hands and now we can't raise it past 1%. And there was these things, including inflation, that uh, were not considered when voters approved it. I get the hardship, but I just think right now the timing is tough. Well, and that's what Republicans are saying as well. Kate, so see, you fit right in. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. For everyone who just keeps screaming, you're too liberal. Okay. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Well, let's talk about some other legislative news. Uh, yesterday, Angela, um, uh, you weren't here. Felix was in, and we talked a lot about this lewd conduct law or, or what what is changing and what has changed very quickly because of recent inspections done that included um, some LGBTQ bars, and, and that community was really outraged because they said, we feel like we're being targeted. Um, a couple of things that I learned from yesterday. <laughs> right now, our state is the only one in the nation that does not allow you to drink alcohol in a strip bar. Did, or is that correct? No, that's not true. Okay, so okay. how many states? So that's uh, Matt Markovich. Yeah, I, um, okay, so I think eighteen. There's a lot of states. You know, we're not the only one. No. Okay, that I heard that bandied about all day yesterday. No. Okay, good. Okay, well, never mind then. Yeah. So we're we're in the minority, but mm-hmm. there are other states that have similar. We're definitely laws. in the minority. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that could soon change. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, this what happened yesterday and we were talking, obviously, you said talking about the Lude law Uh, yesterday. There was a bill in front of the Senate, which would improve worker conditions at strip clubs, uh, protections for the dancers and, and, and how they do business with the clubs. Well, we've been talking about the lewd law and that it would take up to July 6th to remove, repeal it so that the these claims of improper enforcement and against LGBTQ plus bars would end uh, to repeal that law. It would take till July 6th for the LCB to do it. Well, yesterday, Senator Jamie Peterson, the, rank, the floor leader on the Democrat side on the Senate, he's also a member of the LGBTQ caucus. Proposal uh, amendment saying to this bill, let's just repeal it right now. Just get rid get rid of it. And they voted it in. They the Senate passed the whole bill, passed it with this amendment. And I think the point I'm trying to make here is, and this is what G was talking about when we talked about before. Less than two weeks after this happened, legislation passed the Senate. I have not seen that unless it was an emergency declaration or emergency law. This is just regular doing business within two weeks of an incident that happened. And they cited what happened up in Capitol Hill, these so-called raids by the LCB agents, as the reason why they put this in. Okay, so it's not a done deal that no, yeah, it's not. Every time the Senate, every, okay, you hear about know, Kate, I'm, everything's not a done deal okay. here. We're all in the, so for those is, who weren't listening yesterday. So what was the incident in question that? So the incident in question is uh, two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, uh, there were 18 visits by LCB agents looking for compliance violations with liquor laws. They were responding to complaints of lewd conduct at some of the places. They went to sports lounges, hookah bars, and whatever, and there were four LGBTQ bars they went into. And they took pictures of people in scantily clad clothing because that's kind of the culture of these bars. 
and the, the, the community rose up and said they were being unfairly targeted. So a, a big leader in that community who happens to be a state senator pushed this res, uh, amendment forward. It voted on by the Senate yesterday. It passed along party line votes. All the uh, Republicans voted no. And now we have this step toward this repeal of this lewd law. And, and just the repeal would mean you could have liquor in the strip club. No, you could have. Well, it, no, no. It, see, that's why it's, I'm, I don't want to confuse it. It was amended to a strip bill. The, the, this is about all bars, no matter what kind of bar it is. You can't have liquor in a strip club right now. But they slapped on this amendment, which affected everybody, all bars, of having uh, there's no more lewd law. You, the, the, you can't go in law enforcement now. At least LCB can't go in and cite somebody, cite the bar owner for lewd conduct, which would be basically almost naked in a in a bar. Uh, so right now we are operating without a lewd law involving bars. So the, it's been suspended by the LCB, and now this is this is a step. And I think what I'm trying to the underlying point about whether you agree with this or not is how fast. They took action on this yeah. particular legislation. Yeah, so we, so we talk it about so like much this, other the strength stuff. Strength and the power of the LGBTQ community is what you're inferring. Well, uh, it's, I, I, think it's in, in I, I think you know when it if, and this is what said, was said by a legislator, when it affects a marginalized community, things move fast in this mm-hmm. state. And I've just shown how fast this okay. particular so, bill moves. So through. what is the because, I was confused yesterday, and I guess I'm still a little confused today. Okay. If this passes, as said, what do you, what do you, Matt, think? Looking at this, understanding this law, what is going to be the net effect? What is going to be the impact? The net effect is that you immediately, uh, not just LGBTQ bars, but any bar, will not be having lewd laws enforced within it. So, this doesn't, this so doesn't basically, mean that you, someone can be scantily clad, showing right. breasts, but nipples, then won't whatever. The, but then won't the strip club say, hey, if those bars can serve alcohol and be scantily clad, then we should not have to have this rule about liquor. Well, you know, but that's exactly right. This opens a door for having liquor in strip clubs, which we don't have. So it's all happening really fast based on an event that happened less than two weeks ago, which is I find just really amazing. When it comes down to the speed of state legislature. So now we know what's possible, yes, what they can do. Absolutely. Well, we not only we know what's possible, but now I want to know if I go to a bar, not that I'm a drinker, uh, as you guys know, but but um, I do go to bars. Uh, you know, can I expect to see people just dress differently because, hey, we're not going to be. Yeah, there's different rules inside of a bar than like a, a public park. The lewd conduct, you can't do lewd conduct or obscene things. Uh in a park. This doesn't affect out in public. Right. It's only inside bars. And so that is, that's what we're talking about here. So the net effect is it's going to give the LCB the ability to rewrite the rule, give them time. And, and be, because the Democrats basically said these rules are archaic. We live in a different world. The language in these old laws are 50 years old mm-hmm. and don't reflect the sign of the times. And the culture that we live here in Seattle. So I wanted to uh, have you listen uh, 
Fox 13 News spoke with a dancer who has testified in Olympia. Her name is Madison Zach Wu, and she says that without alcohol, strip clubs in Washington are not welcoming environments. It leaves the clubs feeling like this bad, dirty thing, and it's not somewhere that you want to go. So these clubs here are just very uninviting. And so she was saying, to, to Matt's point, she was saying that she's glad that the LGBTQ community's outrage over recent inspections has prompted this quick action in Olympia to change our state's lewd conduct laws. The law that affects those queer venues is this one of the same laws that affects strip clubs and it's the lewd conduct whack and it basically says if you have an alcohol serving venue you cannot have like sexual expression, nudity, all these things. So if you were to get one of those lewd conduct citations you could lose your liquor license. Correct. She says that's the part that and that people that's, are arguing is outdated. Yes and as well as serving now they dancers want Oh, they've testified many times. They want alcohol yes. in adult beverages. Yes, she says she's been testifying this for years. Yeah, and so and this, what's the, was there is there an argument they make about why? Because they, it would because they would make more money. Because the, the the guy, the people in the bars, in the strip clubs will stay in there rather than go outside and drink their alcohol in the parking lot yeah. and come back in. My only well, concern, the, the, the other argument, sorry, Angela, no, but the other argument that I heard just in listening to the interview was that right now I think there might be 10 or 11 uh, of these types of bars and because there's no money to be made. And they're saying there would be a potential to have more of these establishments and they wouldn't be looked at. Ooh, it's a strip club. Right. Um, so other than the financial opposing. piece. What is the real benefit of adding alcohol to a situation and around folks who already face um, sometimes harassment, uh, which which is why they're talking about the Bill of Rights? I'm just mm-hmm. wondering what good is alcohol going to add beyond money? Because people, as you know, react differently when they've had too much. And I already worry about the folks in strip clubs who are, find themselves being preyed on. I hate to say it, but it's what you define as good, you know, uh, good for the business and dancers. They want it good for the society of guys getting in a car and driving away from a club like that. No. Yeah, one one of their arguments is people are getting drunk in the parking lots anyway. And at least here, when you have them drinking where people are actually paying attention, you might. So this is tied to a bill where there's panic buttons, security officer training for clubs. So this is. Tied to a bill that really clamps down Offer on some protections uh, yeah. and and uh, and audience behavior, patron behavior. There's certain rules, so it's a big bill involving this. So this might be the first time where, because of what happened less than two weeks ago, this may move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of reemphasizing yes. how certain events can spur something that happened really fast. Okay, Matt, we had a conversation earlier in the show about stealthing and the stealthing bill, and uh, you were yelling at your radio <laughs> in the car because the question was asked, what yeah. about protections for men? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so give if a woman were to say, "Hey, I'm on birth control. Don't worry about it," and yeah, then they're lying exactly. about it. Exactly. Right? So, so that came up, and primarily several uh, Republican women lawmakers brought this issue up, saying, "What about the guy? This bill's aimed at protecting women from a guy who removes a, a condom, condom. Uh, during sex. But what if a woman says, "Hey, I have an IUD. I have a diaphragm.'" Uh, I don't want to have kids, and then removes it without telling the guy. Uh, This bill does not cover those kind of devices. Or even she says she's on birth control, and she goes off it and gets pregnant. The reason is that if if that happens and she gets pregnant, the guy is on the hook for child support. If the the, the separation, if the relationship doesn't happen. Uh, So that... Is is that... that 
lack of that going to kill the bill or or it, does it still have a chance of moving forward? Well, it has a, it definitely has a chance. It's going to yeah. go all the way to the House now. Uh, no, excuse me, the Senate. Okay. So it passed the whole House. Yeah. So the Senate has to digest all this. But they would still need to, to maybe fur, to further clarify yeah. or add it yeah. later and, to and the, include And, men. you know, uh, the, the amendment, it was an amendment that these women presented. What about these other devices? And it got shot down. It, it, it failed. The Democrats voted it down. So, again, this was a uh, – uh, in that was a party-line vote on the amendment, but it did pass by a wide majority. There was some bipartisan support in this particular bill. Uh, but I wanted to bring up the fact that there are other devices that were talked about that that women have control over that a man would never know whether that device is in that woman or not. And so that was shot down. Interesting. As as a guy, I just want to weigh in on that real quick because this is a real issue, but I also think it's, it is a separate one uh, because there are two potential consequences to someone stealthing, right? There's the STD and there's the potential for pregnancy. Now, if a woman goes off birth control, uh, there is only one potential outcome, and that is a pregnancy. But a guy always has a choice to protect himself from both outcomes if he decides to wear protection. Now, I could see a separate bill being crafted saying... If you can prove that someone went off birth control, you know, the other partner is not responsible for child support. But the fact is, men still have the ability to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, why I said I had that conversation with our sons. <laughs> right. It's your responsibility. I, I you real, real quickly, uh, yeah. I think what may kill the bill is too ambiguous. You can't mm. enforce it. It's a he said, she said when it comes down to it in Mm. court. And how do you prove that? So that may kill it. Okay, if you are listening and you don't know all the details, you can also find these stories on my Northwest. I wrote them all up. Yep. Matt, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, still ahead, we're going to go into how do you have those deeper conversations so you're not just a surface flaky kind of talker. Uh, We'll have that next on the G and Ursula show. hour of the G and Ursula show is brought to you by Pello Windows and Doors. Welcome back to the G and Ursula show. Angela Poe Russell is in for G today and we're going to talk about conversation and the art of great conversation. Do you notice when people say, you know, how you doing? It's a pleasantry. And, it's a pleasantry. And, and whether someone really wants, sometimes I'll give people an honest answer and they're like, don't know what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it, I'll just experiment a little bit and I'll, I'll actually answer something or give a little more involved response. And then it's always curious. I'm always curious as to how they're going to respond. And then you see, okay, they really don't care. Well, this they're is just, my floor. I'm yeah, getting exactly, off now. Exactly. Either that or... Good luck okay, with that, Ursula. L- let me go ahead and just finish uh, filling up my coffee mug. Bye, Ursula. <laughs> but this is kind of cool. The Seattle Times talked to the founders of Skip the Small Talk, which is like a uh, some kind of version of speed dating, but for friends. Mm. Okay, so let's just put it that way. And the, the questions were, how, how do you have a better conversation with somebody? And so they came up with some suggestions as to the types of questions that you can ask. Now, 
I want to hear what you guys think. Text us on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476, Cairo. Okay, th- here, here are a couple of examples. Instead of asking, how are you? You're supposed to ask, what's bringing you joy lately? It's so funny because that's what I was thinking. I usually ask people, what are you excited about these days? Yeah. And then it gets us going into what they're passionate about, anything new. Yeah. So you said, what brings you joy? These what days? brings you joy? Okay. Yeah. What's right. making you happy? Okay. I, I think that's cool. Okay. That's instead of asking, where are you from? Oh my gosh. When my dad was hospitalized and there was a couple of times, my dad would ask every nurse, where are you from? Where are you from? And he was truly, he was genuinely. I genuinely like, like to know interested. Yes. I know, but I was like, ooh. <laughs> okay, what are we Isn't supposed to say? Is that a taboo instead? question? Because I stop, I stop myself from asking people that. Well, some one person, one nurse actually t- took offense. Most of them just knew he was coming from. Yeah. A, my dad's just interested in different cultures, but right. for some people, it's like. They feel persecuted because of where they come from, or, or whatever it is, and so There's they feel uncomfortable. It's like, the is there going to be a judgment? Yeah. So, uh, the, well, you're supposed to say, <laughs> "Wait, where are you from? What What's your favorite room or space in your home, and why?" Okay, I'm like That's none of your weird. business. <laughs> none of your business. That is a weird question. Yeah, if someone asks me that, I'm like. That's I'm like strange. Ariana Grande right now. Thank you. Next, <laughs> okay. Instead of, what do you do for work? You're supposed to ask. What topics could you research for hours? That okay. That's not gonna. Just that's, weird. that's not gonna happen let in me, your first conversation. Let me help. So, so <laughs> please I, do. <laughs> so instead of asking, "What do you do for work?" Yeah. What do you? Um, you know, I, I know I ask another version of that. There's yes. got to be a midpoint where you yes. can find out what people are into. Do you, is, do, do, you ask that, is, do you ask that very soon in your conference? When you're meeting somebody, do you ask them what they do for work? Actually, I, that's usually pretty low on my list. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, when I ask people, hey, what's got you excited these days? Often, sometimes work will pop up naturally. Uh-huh. It's one of the things I loved about this area because when I lived in D.C., Everyone always wanted to know where you worked, who you worked with. It was like, yeah. And then I moved here and people, that's not the first thing they ask. Yeah. It's, it's like there's a bit more, maybe, I, I think there's a confidence here that just because you may have this role doesn't make you any yeah, better. Your, Whereas your I job think, doesn't define who exactly. you are. Whereas in D.C., it can feel like yeah, that. Yeah, well, you're, you're constantly... Social it's all about climbing. power. You're exactly, exactly. <laughs> trying to climb that ladder. Um, how about this? Instead of anything exciting coming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that okay. You're supposed to ask, uh, what are three words that you want to describe the next three months of your life? <laughs> you know what? I would say that you're making me think too hard in this conversation. Nice meeting you. <laughs> So I, ha- I suppose we have to keep in mind that like this is centered around questions that people ask strangers in kind of a speed dating style arrangement because they're trying to get to know people in a very short okay. amount of time. Okay. That being said, uh, anything exciting? Every time G asks me what I'm doing after the show, I'm like, I don't know, boring things. And I have an anxiety attack right then because then I have to like justify what I'm doing with my day or my weekend. What's going on this week? I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know he always asks that, and I realize maybe I'm supposed to be asking him, gee, what are you doing after the show? You flip it. Right? I know. I need to just turn around, make it a, because because sometimes it's, oh, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's really interesting. You feel ooh, boring. <laughs> meanwhile, exactly. G, meanwhile, G is like, oh, I'm working on my website. I'm going to MC a function, and I'm going to go drive. I know, exactly. I'm going to exactly go drive my Tesla, you know, out to wherever. Um, okay, what about this? 
is there a new joy or passion in your life that you rarely talk about? Or, okay, here's, I like this question, just in general, and I want you to answer. When was the last thing, what is one thing that you've always wanted to do but you haven't done? And what stops you from doing it? much. What? (laughs) Chef, I think you should go first. I just I just want to dance. No, honestly, seriously, I would love to uh, to dance or act well, but uh, yeah, I've I've never I've what, never gotten past the you? public embarrassment oh. of dance classes because I mean you have to be incredibly vulnerable to perform in any kind of way, whether it's dancing, singing, acting, right? And you have to have a level of pff, lack of shame to start out and doing any of those things like I went to one dance class in Capitol Hill when I lived there and it was with like really good dancers never went back that was a no. horrific experience oh, no. yeah I would love to learn how to ballroom dance I, I, I yeah. like your answer is that now, the, one for the, you the, the thing that no but the one thing for me would be I would love to travel around the world mm. I've traveled to different parts of the world I would love to just take that time off that is going to be something that I do in retirement yeah. is just I want to go on a cruise. Spend lots of time. I want to go. I've Ooh. never been on a cruise. What I, I dreamt you? of going on a, the money. Um, no, I dreamt of going on a Disney cruise, and it was they're so expensive. Have you priced those things? Yes. But they just look so amazing. So never got to do that. And so my husband, neither my husband or I have ever done a cruise. So we have to change that. Okay, you're. Can I share something? Yes. About what you shared with me today, or mm-hmm. is that secret? About. Something is that secret? Uh, okay, but, never mind. Never okay, mind. what, what That's context? A big deal. Okay, yeah, isn't that a big deal? It is a big deal, yeah. Can I? It, I would maybe okay, not no, say no, all no. of it, but okay. it's my husband's doing something fun. This yes, weekend. he's gonna do something really, really fun, yeah, and. Uh, it's the first time, and I, I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, he's always he's always doing something creative. He's he's what you if you take the personality test, he's the achiever. So he's always doing something pretty. Okay, cool. here's another question. When was the last time you cried, and what was it about? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, that would probably be um, when my daughter need me in the eye by accident a couple of weeks ago. You weren't you here. I had a big black eye here at work and, and I had to kind of explain myself. But I cried because I and I hardly ever cry. Oh. But when she it was an accident and knee went to face. And oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. It wasn't the best answer you were hoping. For. No, 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 no. Before no. that, but, I would say the thought of my daughter leaving for college made me cry emotionally. Yeah. Right. I get that. I get that. that well, when was the last time I really family, cried? Yeah. Yeah. My mom. mom. Right. I mean, when she had her last breath. Yeah. I, I hadn't cried that loud in a long time. Okay. Chef, was, yeah. do you feel, like as, a, as the man in the room, do you feel open to sharing when you've shed sure. tears? Uh, let's, you know what? It was last week. I was having a conversation with a listener who was uh, two days away from homelessness and talked Aww. to her for like half an hour on the way home about, you know, what she's going through. And sometimes, sometimes the pain of what collectively we're seeing experience you know going on in our societies it, it can be overwhelming mm. but yeah other than that it happens a lot on this show yeah a lot during covid that's so true <laughs> mm. this is this is a sh- show that yeah you go through the emotional roller coaster for sure well thank you all for um i know a lot of you were cringing on these uh, i love that uh, someone said three words uh, go away now. That would be the response to some of these questions. <laughs> I love it. Okay, still ahead, we do scenarios when we solve other people's problems. This is the G and Ursula Show.
Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. It is 1048. This is the G and Ursula show, and it's time for Scenarios. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's, so what's, so what's the scenario? How to deal with other people's kids from Slate today. I'd like some perspective about an issue I'm having with my parent friends as I'm child-free, 39, and don't have much experience with kids. The problem that keeps arising is when I'm invited to hang out with friends who have toddlers, the toddler is always included on the same level as the adults. They're the center of attention, constantly interrupt, interrupt adult conversation, and drag any guest away from the group to make them play in another room. Any attempt on my part to kindly deflect or say no, I'll read you this one small book after I'm done talking to your mom, or I'm talking to your mom now so I can't play with your dolls, results in a crying tantrum. The parents never say no to the kids and never tell them to play on their own. When I was a kid, sorry, can't help it, I was always polite to adults. I wasn't the center of attention when my head, my parents had friends over. Is this how most people handle their kids these days? Or are my friends just too relaxed? What can I do to be kind to the kids but also hang out with my friends? Ursula, hmm. do you think parenting's changed? Um, I, th- uh, from my parents' time, for, for your, sure. Yeah. But uh, from me to your parenting, I think it's still pretty similar. I think mm. I think that um, that whole helicopter parenting when my kids were young, that idea, that whole notion, really came to the forefront. Or uh, this laissez-faire approach, which is what this person seems to be describing, which is yeah. the kids rule the world, and the world is centered around the kids. If you are having that issue, these are your good friends. This goes back to what I said yesterday and what I say with every single relationship that you have an issue with. I would have that conversation, not at the moment when the kid is irritating the heck out of you and then you're like, you know, you burst out and have a tantrum because you don't want to play with the kid. Um, But if it's something parent, I mean, I would just walk really uh, tread lightly. Because I think people do also get very offended if you try to tell them how to parent when you're not a parent yourself. Because this person does not have kids, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. What I would like to yes. say to this writer is, I'm very sorry to break it to you, yeah. but this is no longer your friend group. <laughs> and <laughs> no, seriously, you are in different stages of life. Yes. And so if you expect to go to their house and things to be the way they were... They won't. You'll be disappointed. I mean, my husband and I have specifically turned down invitations because we know they have little kids, and that's not how we want to spend our time for this event. We still, really? Yes, we still care about them. Like, yeah. we love to, hey, get a babysitter, let's go out to dinner or whatever. But, on, and it does, again, I'm generalizing here. It's not like we'll never hang out with you and your kids. But, you know, I have kids. But if mm-hmm. I'm trying to hang out with adults, I want to hang out with adults. And so let's have an adult event yeah. because I guess what I'm saying is to go to that person's house and expect them to put the kids somewhere when that's not what they normally do, your expectation is off. Like, you know what? Your expectation- and I think you're totally right. But would you go then without having that friendship for that many years or, or try to find other opportunities where I would invite hey, let's let's go do something where it's just us. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's what I would do, because yes. I think they're wanting it to be the way and it's not. Um, so I appreciate your question about has parenting changed, but you're talking about a toddler. Yeah. It's really difficult to, I, I don't think we should be being punitive towards toddlers are doing what children do. And yeah. so I, it's, I mean, and, and not to liken children to pets, but, but, but I am going to bring up that there are times 
when if I have a bunch of people coming over to our house, I know not everyone wants to have a dog. My, my dog is unruly, and I know that um, I'm better off having the dog at the dog sitters so that I can have friends over that I'm focusing on my friends. Now, again, I'm not trying to compare the two, but if you can, you know, make it possible as the parent of the kids to have those kid free times. So just kennel your kids. No, I just said don't make it like a dog. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But but I'm also saying that I think the friend who gets annoyed with a kid needs to also be more patient. I, I'm I'm a little bit on this lady's side, actually, as someone who has small kids, and, and I honestly, in my mind. Remember the whole kids should be seen, not heard thing. And I wondered to myself, like, what the heck happened? I, I, I'm not lying when I say that I think kids are a little bit too centered in our society these days. And there are a lot of parents who expect uh, that their friends are going to accommodate their kids as opposed to their relationship and their conversation being accommodated despite their kids. I mean, just just go to any grocery store these days and watch a parent talk to a toddler. You will hear them ask permission from yes. the toddler. Timmy, is it okay if we get in the car now? Timmy, is it okay if we get you out of the car? Yes, it becomes like, kid-centered instead of yeah, two. child is boss. Don't need to ask the two-year-old permission. That being said, I think we also have some like cognitive dissonance with how we remember our own childhoods because when we were at an age where we were seen and not heard, either our parents had a governess to take care of us or we were like (laughs) six or above, right? Because that's the age when kids start getting the capacity to do things. And I guess, Angela, what I'm learning is that as someone with a two-year-old, I should just consider it a giant vacuum in my friendships and disallow any relationships to happen while there's a two-year-old around. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Actually, my friends have been super awesome. Yeah, well, and, but and it's I, frustrating. I, I don't want to lose that friendship because no. of kids. And, and, yeah. and there are different seasons for your friendships, for sure. But I would rather make that time available for the friend where I don't have the kid around. Or I would be the friend that says, hey, you know, I would love it if we, you and I could just have some time kids-free. Because... You know, I can't focus my attention on you when, as much as I love your kids, when, you know, uh, it, my attention is divided. All right, can I make one other point? You know how all of a sudden you're in, your, let's say you're in your 20s, early 30s. All of your friends are getting married. You're still singer, single. It becomes a little more difficult to hang out. It, it can get, because everyone wants to hang out as a couple. And I kind of see it similar to this. That's why I was yeah. saying y'all are at different stages. So unless you just love kids and want to go play, get that alone time. <laughs> Nick. Well, keep the two entities apart if you're trying to have a party. Either get a sitter or hold off on the get-together altogether. So nobody's asking whose kid's crawling under the minibar right now. You can find the time or the people to take care of the little ones. Just be better with your prep. I I, I don't know. Oh, I love it. Uh, keep weighing in. Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973. Kyra, it's looking like a slot machine right now. I'm getting a dopamine hit. It's like a lot of people are uh, texting in their feelings about this one. So coming up next, we do Agree to Disagree. This is the GNR Slash Show. Somebody's baby She must be somebody